having the, the situation remedied that we know that we need you and we receive you again and again and again through your holy word. In Jesus name. Amen. Praise God. Amen. 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 So, uh, today we're going to talk about joy, God's other medicine. Amen. Joy being God's other medicine. Amen. It's, um, you know, people will say things like, well, it's hard to keep your joy when some, but this joy that we have is not dependent on your circumstances. And I think that's the greatest thing about anything that we receive from God. It's uh, circumstance irrelevant. Amen. Your circumstances mean nothing um, in light of what God has for you, in light of what he has done, in light of what he has given, in light of who he is. Um, circumstances mean really uh, nothing. They really don't. Now, I'm not saying you won't react. You know, people say things, well, it's normal to do. Fine. Okay. You be normal. <laughs> Amen. You have your normal, but I'll have my joy. I'll have my Jesus because where he goes transcends all of these different uh, situations, all of these different circumstances. Um, you've got to understand that your spirit man is connected to eternity. And he sees, he draws his power, he draws his information, he draws everything from eternity, from an eternal source uh, that has unlimited uh, resources, unlimited potential, uh, unlimited everything. We just have to consistently tap into it because there are times when we disconnect from the spirit, we can disconnect from the eternal realm and we just say, well, I'm just going to have myself a little pity party anyway. Or I'm just going to react to this anyhow. Or I'm just going to be this way anyway. Amen. And so um, I'm saying to you that you have another option. You have an option not to um, overload yourself with emotion and overload yourself with fear and overload yourself with what's going on that you can see, touch, taste, feel, and hear. You can tap into the unlimited resources of God for for emotional stability, for spiritual strength, for knowledge, for understanding. Um, you can tap into that because this, the kingdom is within you. It's invisible. It's something that, that does not come with observing by the naked eye. Jesus said this is a kingdom that comes without observation. And so it's invisible. And and once we tap into that invisible flow, it, it doesn't have to be ever shut off. It can just flow into us continually all the time. And I think it's good to live like that and live in God's strength and live in the mind of Christ and live in the holiness of God because there's no law against that. That's a powerful force that cannot be stopped. Amen. How did the Apostle Paul, he he knew he was going to be beaten everywhere he went. Every city he went to, he went, once he began to preach, he was arrested and beaten. The only time he wasn't was toward the end of his life where he was under house arrest all the time. He was under, he was not a physically free man. 
but he he would write such joyful letters you know that that you you would have thought he was elsewhere <laughs> amen Praise God. I was thinking about that. Maybe I'll read that now. I had, I had an excerpt from, uh, a book that I've, uh, read over the years. I, I'm, the first copy of this book I think was about 30 years ago and I still read it. I still go back to it and refer to it. Uh, let me see if I want to do that one right now. But it's just so, uh, Okay, I'll read you a little bit from it. This is Lillian Yeoman's His Healing Power. If you don't have a copy, please get one because you need it. I mean, if you're not sick and, and you're going to pray for sick people, this will give you uh, insight into healing that, that few people have. Uh, this woman had a healing ministry that, that would get people from death's door to perfect health in three days if they do what she told them to do. And um, this is is this is how God used her. Uh, she had been a physician and um, got hooked on uh, heroin and was a walking skeleton, somebody told her one time. And she went to a healing meeting. God healed her and saved her. And she gave her life to, she had lost her license to practice medicine. She was never tempted to go back and try to get it again because she had found the healer. Amen. And so these are her writings and she has great testimonies of God's healing. Now this one is in the bookstore actually. So if anybody wants it, you can lay claim to it. But if you get it, read it. Read something out of it every night before you go to bed and, and keep yourself strong in your faith and confidence for Jesus the healer. It says here, we are living in awful days and we need the joy of the Lord as much or more. Now this was written in the early 1900s. So you can tell she, when you, when you understand that things don't change that much in the world, but we have the answer. And she says, more than any of his children ever needed it. For a great many years, I have received letters from people asking for prayer and counsel. But the letters that have come to me of late have been the saddest I have ever received. Some of them are so sad that I hasten to destroy them when I have prayed over them for fear any anyone might happen to see them and be saddened by them. When I get these letters, I am so glad that I have the gladdest letter that was ever written. It is in my Bible. I hasten to drink of his sweetness and to pass the sparkling cup to the poor sufferers to whom I am writing. I know you are asking, where is the gladdest of all letters? Was it written by someone who had everything a heart could wish and was surrounded by loved ones and shielded from every danger? It was written by a man nearing 70 in a dark, damp, slimy cellar under the city of Rome, Italy. A man who had suffered the loss of all things. He was the prisoner of the Emperor Nero, the most awful monster that ever lived, and was chained to a Roman soldier. He was so filled with joy that his praises have run down through the years and changed wails of woe to songs of victory and countless hearts since he went home to glory. That man is the Apostle Paul, and the gladdest letter ever written 
written all joy unspeakable and full of glory is his epistle to the saints of Jesus Christ at Philippi. Thank God it is ours as well as theirs. I do not believe we begin to know what a mighty thing the joy of the Lord is to keep us well and heal us if we are sick. I am going to relate a joy healing that comes to me at this time. It happened at least six years ago in Chicago where I was holding a campaign for Brother S.A. Jameson. As though to freshen my mind as to all the details, the minister who with me visited the sick man happened to call upon me not long ago. I had not seen him for a long time until then. Of course, we talked over this case. He was acting as pastor of a congregation in Chicago, and the sick man attended his church. When we reached the home, which was a humble little flat, we saw one of the saddest scenes we had ever seen. A young couple who was only recently married. They were, they were sweet Christian people. Though the furniture was not fine, everything was just as neat as it could be. But the faces of those dear young people I shall never forget. He was very, very sick, and that pale, drawn, anxious look that comes with awful suffering. His case was a stone in the kidney, and he had had the usual anguish, bleeding, etc. that goes with it. He was booked for an operation in a day or so. The little wife knelt at the foot of the bed. She had her face buried in the coverlet to hide her tears from her husband, I suppose. And I noticed that her hands clasped his feet as though to prevent anyone from taking him away. I knew what that meant, the ambulance. She was thinking of the moment it would stop at their door. Nothing could be sadder than this case, yet the Lord Jesus was so manifestly present that it seemed the man's healing was inevitable. We read about the Lord in the word, and he seemed to step out of it and stand in our midst. Never shall I forget the joy of that hour. We were in the heavenlies. Anxiety was impossible in that atmosphere. Don't you love that? We just adored him to our heart's content. All the pale, drawn look of anguish vanished from the young husband's face. And he laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed. The little wife joined in silvery tones and it was a laughing duet. We lost our sense of time and place. Like Peter on the Mount of Transfiguration, we were only conscious that it was good for us to be there. I know what the song of our hearts was. Oh, it is Jesus. Oh, it is Jesus. Oh, it is Jesus in my soul. For I have touched the hem of his garment and his power has made me whole. The young husband was healed and went to church and gave God the glory. Amen. Amen. So from the book of Philippians, the most joyful letter in the Bible comes that kind of joy that people can have and shows you it's not circumstantial. It neither should our joy be one of circumstance. It should be a state of being that we walk in as overcomers over everything that would ever come against us in this life. Amen. We should be able to tap into that flow. That, that should be a retreat for us. Amen. You see all these people paying money to go to a retreat or, or a spa. 
you know, I got to have a spa day. Get in your Bible. Amen. Well, not many people like that, but spa that. Amen. That'll be a spot you can take other people with you. Amen. I may not be that encouraged by your little Facebook pictures of you at the spa, but if you can tell me some joyful noise, give me a joyful testimony, I can be blessed by that. Amen. So that's something we can give to everybody, no matter what their circumstances. So if you'll turn to Luke chapter 4, and we'll start in verse 18, and this is Jesus reading from the um, uh, book of Isaiah. He was there the book was given to him to read from while he was in the synagogue and it says here the spirit of the lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor he has sent me to heal not bodies but broken hearts but bodies too amen but why do you think he mentioned the broken hearted in this this uh uh, uh reading he says, a broken heart and to preach deliverance to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are bruised to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And, and that means that now is the time to receive this. Amen. We as believers have received this. We just don't tap into it enough, I think. You know, we, we take the, the bad news of the day and filter it sort it out and spend way too much time instead of just saying this letter doesn't belong to me it belongs to God amen like Hezekiah did <laughs> he got this threatening letter <laughs> you know three tribes are going to come and fight Israel he took it to the uh, to the uh, uh, temple and laid it out on the altar in front of God and read it to him he said this ain't mail for me this is too big for me it's got to be for my God amen and so this is this is what we should do. Just pass it on to the Lord for his dealing with these things. He fights our battles. He fights for us. If he is our refuge and our strength, we need to let him fight for us. Instead of always being in the thick of things ourselves and feeling like we got to do this. And you can't do anything. The sooner you realize it, the, the better off you'll be. Amen. Now God can, can use your faith. He has to use it to get it to help you. But other than trusting and believing Him, there's little else we need to do. And, and being obedient, just generally obedient to God. But trusting Him through things. And this is where your joy comes from. When you trust Him that you've already overcome it, you can break out into laughter. Amen? The Bible says in His presence is fullness of joy. You can enjoy the joy of the Lord at any time because of that. But the reason Jesus said he came to bind the brokenhearted is because not everybody who receives God is physically sick. But you need him anyway because you've been crushed by the world. You've been crushed by the power of sin. I know when I got saved, it was more for for having God as a hope and an encouragement and a companion to me. Yeah, I needed healing. I, I was horribly depressed. But but once you come into a knowledge of God and hope comes into your heart, that's something to latch on to where you didn't have it before. And you suddenly that changes for you. That's something good you can latch on to. And that's something God has 
purchase for everybody. Amen. When he says preaching the gospel to the poor, it's for people who realize how little they have, even though they might have much in a material sense. But you're poor in spirit because you don't have the Holy Spirit to complete you. Amen. And so when Jesus said the anointing comes on his words, and when those words are believed, people get lighthearted again. They get joyful again. You need that. You need the burden removed. The yokes broke. You need all of that to make you free so that you can live for God and receive him. And that's the first thing that the anointing works on is our bondage to sin and the burden of sin. The guilt of sin, the fear that it brings to you that you can't live a good life. You know, you're always going to mess up or why should you even try? You know, many people live in that realm. They live in the realm of why should I even try to do any better because it's never going to get better for me. See, that's hopelessness. And see, if you have the Lord in your heart, it's hard to relate to that. But you can relate from where you came from. We all came from that place of, of no hope and, and no way out. Or if we got a little hope, it was quickly snuffed out by the plans of the enemy. It never lasted. And so we live now in a blessed and an eternal hope. We live in a higher hope than the people in the world live in. Even though you that is a good hope. If you can hope for good things while you're a sinner, that's a good thing. It's good not to be hopeless. Amen. But but even that God can up that level of hope in us because it's an eternal thing. It's a high ranking in God. It's something that can never be taken away from us. Even though the enemy can try and slap us down and attack us in different ways, you know, you might get stunned for a minute, but then something inside you say, wait a minute, get up. This isn't fatal. Amen. This isn't terminal. This isn't what's going to be forever. Amen. Because God is still your God. He has given you answers to the problems that come every day. And your answers are hope in him. Your answers. And that should give you joy. That should give you something to rejoice about. And so when Jesus began to to speak these words, people marveled. Because of the anointing that was on the words. They said he spoke as one who had authority and not like the scribes. There was something different about the way he spoke. He spoke as though he really believed what he said and that it was true for everybody. So he was able to convince people of his words. He began to convince people that there was a kingdom that he represented that was higher, far above, greater than anything that they had ever known. Anything that Caesar could produce, anything that the, the Old Testament law could produce, his, his kingdom was greater. Amen. It is not of this world. And so it's not subject to the laws of this world. It's not subject to Caesar. It's not subject to the, uh, whoever is president of our country or governor or mayor or whatever. It's not subject to any of that stuff. Amen. It's not of this world. And so once we tap into that, that in itself could, should give you joy. 
Amen. That in itself should give you reason to get up and say today is going to be a good day because God's mercy is on my life and his mercies are new every morning. And I'm stepping out into mercy today. I'm not stepping out into problems. I'm not stepping out into trouble. I'm stepping out into mercy. Amen. And understand that that's what God has for us. Amen. It's because his mercy that we're not consumed. It's not our good behavior. And it's not our doing everything right. Amen. Even though it's good to want to do right, but you ain't going to do right all the time. (laughs) Amen. You know it and I know it. Some of the things we don't know how to do right. Do we know everything? Yep. So, I mean, there's, and you know, there's mercy. There's forgiveness. And there's God and his blood and his His putting us back in the race again when we make mistakes. Amen? So it's a good thing. Sometimes your laziness is stubbornness. You know, we, there's there's hidden things that keep us from being, you know, immediately obedient to God. Sometimes we just want what we want and don't care <laughs> what God says. You understand what I'm saying? So, I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. So don't give me that holier than thou, you know, mentality. I can feel it. Everybody don't want to agree with what's true, but hey, it's true. Doing the best we can. Amen. Sometimes not, but we, we still in the race because of his mercy. He looks down at us. The Bible says he pities us like a father pities his children. Amen. You know, you just got to love them and forgive them and give them another chance. Amen. They done messed up the money again. Amen. Don't have a rent money or don't have a whatever money, gas money, whatever. Amen. But you're going to love them and you're going to bail them out. Don't do this no more. Now, this is the last time I'm going to. They know it ain't true and you know it ain't true. So. <laughs> You want it to be the last time because you want them to be able to take care of themselves. Amen. But just like God knows we can't take care of ourselves, you know they probably can't either. They're going to need some help somewhere down the road. So, And if they don't, that's a blessing too. But they're going to need help with something. It's always true. Amen. Nobody is perfect and nobody has it all together. And so God knows that about us and, and he's given us many, many uh, fruit of the Spirit to help us through life, you know, to help us. These these are deposits of his kingdom that reside in us. Amen. Righteousness, peace, joy, love, faithfulness. Amen. All those are deposits of his kingdom that reside in us, that give us access to his life. Amen. It give us a, it's a foretaste of glory. Amen. Uh, all of the fruit of the spirit that's that's the foretaste that God gives us to live in and live with so that we can acclimate ourselves to heaven. We can understand what heaven is like and it we it builds real faith in us for a better life. You know, if we didn't have that, if you were just sitting here trying to believe God that heaven is real and it's good, you wouldn't be able to if you didn't have the Holy Spirit giving you the different fruit to live off of. Amen. It just wouldn't be possible. Heaven wouldn't be real to you. So we have that earnest. The Bible says the Holy Spirit is the earnest deposit in our hearts. It's our down payment that more is coming. 
Amen. And it's a small portion of the more, even though it's, it's more than what we could ever manage, but it's a small portion of more. Amen. Anybody ever bought a house? They'll ask you for what? Earnest money? And what is it? It's, it's not even a, a 1% of the purchase price of your property. Sometimes it's $500. Sometimes it's $1,000, $200. Well, in comparison to heaven, that's what the Holy Ghost is in us. It's our earnest. It's just a taste. Amen. And that messes your heads up. I mean, the, the taste that we get blows our mind. Amen. And to think that there is more after that. Oh my goodness. Heaven's got to be something that we, we desire and we focus as, as our future home. Amen. And embrace it in a good way. So God has given us all the spiritual fruit so that we can have that earnest down payment that heaven is real. If you have love in your heart, heaven has much more of that than you could ever imagine that you can carry in your little being. Amen. But, but it, it is real. Amen. We, we have that deposit in us that we can taste of that and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that Jesus is real and how much he loves us. We can taste and see these things and God can prove himself to us in these ways. So never discount the power of joy. God used it to heal this man and his testimony. He used it to, to call, cause the apostle Paul to write the letter. If, if Philippians is kind of standoutish in the, in the, uh, epistles, if you ask me. Um, all the other epistles have, I would guess you say negative and positive. It's, they're being corrected. People are, he's correcting people because they were letters written to real Christians who were attempting to serve God and where you're trying to do things right, you make mistakes. So he had to correct some things that he heard that were going on that he knew were not acceptable to God. And he would tell them, you know, if it was him using his best judgment on something or if it was straight from the Spirit of God that he was saying these things. But there was always back and forth, settling of arguments, um, uh, things that were negative and positive. But Philippians seems to be the most positive letter in the Bible because it tells you the answers to bad days, to bad news, to things that you can't control, to, to how you can keep yourself in the contentment of God, in the joy of God. All of that, you know, it, it, we, we sometimes memorize those, some of those I can remember some of the Philippian scriptures being some of the first ones I'm, I knew by heart because I needed them so badly. Amen. Whatsoever things are good, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely. Amen. A good report, praiseworthy, thank, think on those things. Amen. That's a command from him in prison to people who aren't in his dire situation. That he's telling them, you gotta think on, this is how you stay sane in an insane situation. You think on these things. You have the power to think however you wanna think. 
If you're depressed, it's because you're choosing to think on things that are not not wholesome for you. Amen. If you're discouraged, you're making the choice because you can think you can change your thoughts. Amen. Now there might be some some medical conditions that make it a little more challenging, but you can bypass those with the Word of God. You can choose to believe the Word of God. And God will heal you of whatever condition it is that seems to be pulling you in the wrong direction. Amen. And so it's, it's, it's best for us to understand the power that we have residing with, within us and then bring it forward at the time that we need it. See, you have this reserve in you called the Holy Spirit. You have this reserve called the tree of life. You have this reserve of called the fruit of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit and the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of praying in tongues. Amen? You have all this reserve on the inside of you. Start using it. Start calling those things up as you need them. When you don't feel uh, too joyful, start praying in the Spirit. Amen? Start generating love, you know, the, for God out of your heart through the gift of, of tongues. Amen? It keeps you in the love of God. It keeps the, the enemy from overtaking you and trying to drive you out of your mind. It keeps you out of un, unnecessary anger. Amen? Un, un, uh, what, what, unnecessary but also inappropriate some some anger is just we just nurse it because we just want to be mean i want to be bad sometimes i want to let it go amen and so we have to learn to pull from the reserve that god has put on the inside of us you know rejoicing is a command throughout the bible why do you think god commands it because it's good for you amen Anything that's commanded by God is commanded because it's good for you. Amen? You commanded your children to not play in the street. Why? Because it's bad for them. They get run over by something. So it's good for them, amen, to obey you. And and, and this is why God does it, you know, so we can live a good life. We can live a holy life, and we can live a life full of joy and full of rejoicing. Where it's not an effort for, wouldn't it be nice to have a day where it's not an effort for you to just keep your mind on something wholesome, amen? And it's possible, you know, stay in the word. Fight those thoughts when they come to you where the enemy tries to tell you, oh, you, you know, you can't do this or, you know, you have nothing to look forward to, look at you and all this kind of stuff. No, 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 no. I have lots to look forward to, amen? Because I have God, I have his spirit, I have his joy. Amen. In spite of what's going on in the natural, you have him. If your life in the natural is perfect, you still need God. Amen. <laughs> because you can, you can do a lot of crazy things with crazy thoughts if you don't have God to anchor your soul in hope. Amen. Keep you in that, that hopeful range when you, when you think about your future, when you think about your circumstances. God wants to keep you in that mode. So it's a good thing. So in, in Proverbs 17, that's always a good place to start with, with understanding how God does this. He says in 17 verse 22, it says, a merry heart does good like a medicine, but a broken spirit 
dries up the bones. Amen. So if your spirit is broken, this is why Jesus came with this announcement from Isaiah, uh, the book of Isaiah in, in, uh, in Luke chapter four. It was because he knew that this was true. He, he, it's like God takes care of first things first. It's like in order for the, me to get them to understand the kingdom, I've got to remedy some things in them. I've got to, to take this dry bone situation that they're in and begin to breathe life onto it. And that's what the anointing of God does. It breathes life onto your dried up bones from a broken spirit. What's a broken spirit? A broken spirit is that place of hopelessness that a soul can get to when everything that they have tried has failed. Everything that they've put their hopes on has come to an end. Everything that they thought was going to be good for them has turned out bad. So that's a, a broken spirit and, and it causes what, what the Bible refers to as a dryness of the bones. Amen. Your bones really are the source of life in the human being. We all know that now because we, we begun to understand bone marrow. And we know that, that the marrow of the bones is the source of all cellular life, which is the basis of all life in the human body. And so once we understand where, where the anointing works, God, you're working to bring life to my dry bones. You're working to bring life to those areas in life that I thought were dead and would never recover. You're bringing life there. You're bringing hope there. You're bringing encouragement there. You're bringing healing there. Amen. There are some things that, that we won't have in life or we won't experience in life, but you don't have to leave disappointed about it because that dryness in your bones can, can be left healed where you now have new hope and new encouragement in other areas of your life. You know, there's some things that you probably never have millions of dollars. Most of us spend what we have too fast. Hello? You gotta stop the spending. You gotta show God what you're gonna do with it if He gives it to you. Amen? And, and all of that. And so, but that doesn't mean you, you can't have a joyful life. Doesn't mean you can't have a full life. You have a very full life without lots of money or lots of things or lots of material things. Amen. Everybody wants to be comfortable. We want comfort. We want things that, that we enjoy and we want to be able to enjoy them. We want to be able to have a certain level of activity and a certain level of, of, um, Ability to plan and carry out plans, all of that kind of stuff. And, and I think if we'll, we'll let God bring contentment to us and look for contentment, we'll have less desire for things that are unattainable. You know, things that you just can't retrieve and can't have anymore. You understand what I'm saying? There is a contentment that you can live in every single day that does not depend on your circumstances. Because, sir, if, if the enemy knows he can get you dependent on circumstances, he'll monkey with you all, all day long. You understand what I'm saying? Because he knows that as soon as he messes with something, you'll jump. 
we got to get the jump out of us. Amen? Devil, you messing with God's stuff. Have on. Amen? You think you can take it from God? Help yourself. You understand what I'm saying? And, and, and not let yourself be moved. You can't be moved by every little thing that the enemy is up to. You've got to remain stable. Because you're stable because you trust God. Not because you don't care about stuff. You cast your cares on him and he takes care of it for you. Amen? So that's where your joy comes from. Devil, I got you this time. I gave it to God already. You can't have it because he's got it. Amen? You want it? Go take it from him. Go see him about it. But you're not taking anything from me. It's too late, devil. I'm healed already. Amen? And just live your life of faith and confidence in God. You know, the devil say, well, you ain't healed. You got so-and-so. No, no, no. I am healed. Amen? I got faith for it. And that's enough for me. Amen? <laughs> and his grace is sufficient also for what I'm lacking in. So go talk to somebody who listened to you. I ain't listening today. I got, I'm on to another subject. Amen. Praise God. Amen. So that's your medicine. Your merry heart is your medicine. Amen. You know, you can tell when people have received something from God. Their countenance changes. It shows up. The Bible says God is the health of our countenance. Him being present with us causes your countenance to be healthy. And you can have a countenance that's sick or one that's healthy. You know, when you're sick, it sometimes will show on your face. I'll tell you how it not show on your face when you receive your healing by faith from God. Believe you receive it when you pray. And you walk on in a healthy countenance. Amen. And don't let little temporary things burden you and worry you. Amen. Uh, things that God can easily take care of. It's nothing for him to help, the Bible says. Amen. It's nothing for him to do these things. What seems like a big impossible deal to you, it's nothing for him. And trust him to do it. God, I trust you to do that little nothing thing for me that seems so big. Amen. I trust you to do that, Lord. You said you do, you give me anything I need. You take care of all of my needs. Amen. And you, and, and you take care of them richly, not poorly, not skimpily. But you take care of them richly. Amen. And and just believe God for his word. Amen. His word is rich and full of promise. That will put joy back into you. You go read your some Bible for a good half hour or so. And I double dog dare you to go read it and come out without joy. Amen. <laughs> You'll come out with that's what, what we're seeking. We're seeking the riches of God. And joy happens to be one of those riches. So in a merry heart does good like a medicine. Amen. So this is God's other medicine. You know, your heart becomes merry when it gets full of God's word. You're full of understanding who you are, how Jesus has defeated everything that can come against you ever. Amen. That forever, as long as you live on this earth. Whatever it is that comes against you, he's already defeated it. You can live in a, a state of blissful joy with him. 
and free yourself up to obey God. Amen? God, I'm going to do what you want me to do. I have no cares, no woes, no worries. All my bills are paid. Now, I'm not talking about sitting there looking, staring at stuff all day long. Your bills are paid. Call yourself paid. Call them paid. And be diligent to write the checks for them. Don't take the checks and go money and go do something else with it. Take care of what you need to take care of. Be responsible. Be a good witness. Good Christian witness. Amen. (laughs) We have to do these things. You know, God wants his kids like him. Kids, you're expected to have integrity because he does. He's your father. He said, be imitators of me like dear children. Amen. You know, parents will say things when they see their kids stepping out of line, breaking rules. And, you know, we didn't raise you like this. You want them to imitate you. Amen. Well, hopefully you did the right thing in front of them, you know. And there's some things you didn't do. You talk about that. You tell them, you know, we're going to do things better from now on. We're going to do things different. Amen. I didn't have this knowledge when I was raising you, but we got it now. So we're going to put our our little stuff together and, and make a better life for you. Amen. Just be honest. Be normal. Amen. Don't try to be, you know, all this and all this. Your kids know you. Amen. <laughs> You can't impress them and they can't impress you. Amen. But we going forward into a better future. Amen. And so it's just good. Proverbs fifteen thirteen. Yeah, fifteen thirteen. I think I got that right. Similar. A merry heart makes a cheerful countenance. Amen. But sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. Amen. When your heart is sorrowful, it, it causes a, a, a downward, uh, thrust in your spirit. Amen. And, and sometimes it lingers for a while. You know, your mind, it's hard sometimes for your mind to make that transition over into joyful thoughts, over into wholesome thoughts. Some people tend to be more, um, uh, I guess you can say more inward than outward. If you're programmed like that, you need to even more diligently put the word inward so you have more joyful things to draw from and you're not sitting around brooding about things that are depressing or you can't, you know, treat better and all of that. You know, you can depend on people on Facebook to put the worst news, plaster it. It's like, it's not like you don't know what happened in Texas, but everybody has to post there. You know, why is that? It's because people like bad news. You know, there's something in them that just likes, we all are like that to a degree. Until you overcome that and you make up your mind. So I made up my mind, I'm not going to post anything like that. I'm going to keep posting what I post. Encouraging people in the things of God. Encouraging them in the word. Amen. And and because somebody has to do that job. See, we can't all just jump in the, it's 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 tragic enough the parents are feeling that way. But if you're in your heart, you have joy, hope, and encouragement, you can pray prayers that will elevate them. Amen. You jump down there with them, you may never come out. So so it's just that way. So we have to understand that God has put us in the kingdom 
for such a time as this, it's always true, you know, for anybody who's alive, your time is now in God's kingdom. Your time is now to, to declare the kingdom. Your time is now to advance the kingdom and promote the kingdom and let the kingdom rule and reign in the lives of people. Some of them you don't even know and you may never meet, but you'll be able to benefit them and to help them with your prayer and with the knowledge of God that you have. And so once we understand that and understand why God wants us to stay in this place of of joy, this place of overcoming, this place of knowledge, this place of understanding, uh, then I think we'll be more inclined uh, to just stay steadfast in the things of God. Amen. Understand what you're doing when you yield to the, the fruit of joy. You're You're giving yourself healing. You're giving yourself medicine. You're giving yourself the perfect dose of what you need so that you can meet every obstacle that may come against you and uproot some of the stuff that we, we hear and we have, we're exposed to that we don't have any, you know, I mean, you didn't hear it because you wanted to. You heard it because it was just said. Amen. And sometimes these things may find a lodging place on the inside of us. Amen. Sometimes the enemy sets us up for certain stuff. You know, there's certain things that we we can't handle, we're not supposed to handle, we're not called to handle them. Amen. Now you may think you are, but you're not. Amen. Sometimes you have to say no to certain assignments that man may try to assign you to because you're not really aligned enough in God and have the strength in him, the resourcefulness to fend that off when the enemy sends it like an onslaught. Amen. You know, there's some things I, I can remember getting invitations from people to join different prayer groups. And, and, you know, God was moving with these people. But I would pray about it and God would tell me, he said, you already have your assignment. You don't need to take on anything else from any. And I have not called you to submit to these people's authority because you don't know where they're going. You understand what I'm saying? But if you stay with what I gave you, you'll keep going where I told you to go and you won't be stopped. And so I've been very thankful for that over the years because it's allowed us to be able to see what God was having us do all these years. Sometimes you got to stick with stuff for some years before you can see the outcome and see the fruit of it. But I'm very, very thankful that I stuck with God. And uh, you know, and the devil will will berate you for it. Uh, them people over there, them watchmen. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Tell your grandmother. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you just get sick of people in their just negative tongues. They have no idea what they're talking about. You find them five years later, they're not even in church anymore. The little ministry they thought they had didn't even take off the ground. You know, there be times where you got to stick with stuff, even though there's little stuff to, to look at that you think is going on. It's up to God to, to bring increase to you. You understand what I'm saying? And so you have to understand what your assignment is and stay with it. As long as you stay with your assignment, the accomplishment of that will bring you joy. See, there's always, if you're doing what God called you to do, that's an immediate source of joy and gratification. 
So you'll know what you're assigned to do if you stick with it and you start to get, you start to reap something from it. Amen. You start to identify with what God has called you to do in it. Once you, once you get, you know, yourself locked in and you get yourself immersed in it, you give yourself over to it, that's when the fruit starts to come. You don't get it just by, you know, superficial. You know, you got your little bathing suit on and you stick your toe in the surf. Well, you didn't really go swimming. Amen. (laughs) You stuck your toe in the surf. You're still thinking about swimming. Amen. (laughs) It's true. Sometimes people never get locked in to what God wants them to do. They're always looking somewhere else for something else, something else to do. This looks more exciting. This is, oh, God told me to do this over here. Well, do one thing well. You understand what to do one thing well and, and stay with that one thing well that you're doing and allow God to build on that. Amen. I'm sure Brother Hagen had many opportunities to go do other things than Rama Bible Institute. Amen. And, and other things that, that, that God would have, or other people see other people doing things or doing them a different way. But he had to stick with what God gave him and what he knew worked for the plan God gave him in the earth. Amen. He got so tired of, I'm sure, of tired, tired to Mark 11, 20, 23. So then you would hear him sometimes when he would preach about it. He said, I'm going to open up the most thrilling scripture in the Bible. Mark 11, 23. You know, say, oh, here it is again. Now it's thrilling. Amen. But, but, you know, but he knew what he was assigned to do and he stayed with it. Amen. In spite of what people thought, he stayed with what God and he stayed in ministry until he went home to be with the Lord. In fact, he had book preaching engagements and was in heaven already. Amen. And so, and so it's, it's remarkable. The reward, if you can stay faithful to what it takes discipline. Not to want to go do everything everybody else is doing because you're bored. And you don't know how to stay in the fruit of the spirit. You don't know how to, to give yourself medicine when you need it. Amen. See, when you're bored and you think what you're doing doesn't count, that's a dry bone. Amen. You, you, you let yourself dry up and, and you need to have some joy. He said, well, they ain't going to want to hear me say this scripture again, but ha, 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 I'm going to do it anyway. I think I'm going to tell them it's thrilling this time. How can I dress this same scripture up to make it sound like something different to these people who don't want to hear it again? You see? And so it, it's amazing what being obedient to God's word will do for you. You just just rely on his joy. Amen. Just, just, you know, there are sometimes I'll, I'll be walking around my house and I'll, I'll think of something and I'll laugh to myself. I say, oh well, Lord, <laughs> we didn't get that right that time, but you know, I'm still in the race. I'm not giving up. Amen. It's just some things that, that just strike you as humorous once you learn how to live in God's perspective of things. Where the things of the earth are of no consequences. Amen. It, it, the Bible says that he who sits in the heavens is laughing. Amen. 
Why? Because he, he sees what the enemy is trying to do and he knows it won't avail him anything. And we are seated with him. If you're in Christ, you're seated with him. We need to act like it. We need to draw from the resources of the spirit man, amen, and the Holy Spirit and allow ourselves to ascend with him and get his perspective and get his understanding. You know, some people never learn how to ascend and rest with Christ in his mindset. How does God look at things? Huh? How does he look at me? How does he look at you? How does he, you know, that's that's ascending. You know, now, people say, well, you're seated in heavenly places by faith. Not if you're depressed, angry, and bored all the time. You ain't ascended nowhere. If you have, I don't want to be in that heaven that you're in. Take me up, let my elevator go up a little higher. You understand what I'm saying? So there has to be evidence. You know what I'm saying? You've got to have some evidence sometimes of, of your positioning. Position's everything. Your stance is everything. You don't roll over and play dead for the devil. Amen. You put him under your feet. Amen. Keep him under there. Keep your foot on his neck. Amen. You get up in the morning and say, come here, devil. Assume the position under my foot. And just start to worship God and praise him. And allow him to have freedom in your heart and in your mind. So a merry heart gives you a cheerful countenance, and it is a continual feast. In other words, you don't have to have a dull day, a boring day, a bad day, a a wasted day, a negative day. Amen? You'll be able to find something good in that day. Amen? That's why, you know, people, uh, well, back in the day, people don't do this anymore. I know I'm dating myself, but it's all good. You might have to use this as some wisdom one day. But back in the day, women would, would you know, if you made a roast on Sunday, amen, you know, sometime during the week you would make soup. Restaurants do it. That's how your restaurant stays in business. They don't whip out a, a, a you know, when you see a, a stew or, or soup on it, you know, they have a, a lunch menu. They make soup because they got some leftovers from the night before. But a, a wise homemaker would put every conceivable vegetable inside the soup because there had to be something in there everybody liked. Huh? You know, and you see kids pulling that little some off to the side because they didn't want it, but they found something else in there they liked. Amen. You pulling peas off to the side if you want to. Amen. Trying to get to the potato. Everybody wants the potatoes, right? You're going to like them peas one day. And so that's what makes the, the broth good is the, the sweetness of the peas. Go grow up somewhere. You know, just. But you stayed with the soup because you knew something was in there you were going to like. Amen. You had to suck up the broth to get down there. Amen. If you had a decent biscuit or piece of bread, that made it better. Got You got full off of bread. 
that's for them little picky eaters. You know, the bread is there for the picky people. People who like their vegetables, we can just take straight soup. Amen. I don't have to have potatoes. You can have mine. You understand what I'm saying? But I'm going to get full before I leave this table. <laughs> That's the way you look at it. Amen. And you could eat soup for several days. You know, maybe day number one, you have a salad to go with it or nothing. You just had a lot of soup. Amen. And if you had something left over, you up and opened another can of, of something and put in there and stretched it out again. Amen. See, a smart woman won't put all the meat in there the first day. You save a little bit for, cause I forgot about that. They gonna look for the meat first. Amen. All the meat hunters. Or you put so much meat in there, you know, you don't make that mistake either. Amen. <laughs> You'll never get them to eat real soup. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. It's true anyway. (laughs) But there's something in there. See, for everybody. Your spirit man has enough fruit in there for you to live off of no matter what your circumstances are. Amen. And, and we as Christians, especially in this country, have lived in abundance for so long. We don't know what difficult times are, really. They come periodically. They'll come to everybody, but you see a way out of it because you live in a, a land of abundance. But but trust me, the government's cracking down on Christians, have been for some time. If you haven't noticed, we're having to live more out of the Spirit now than we ever have. And having to live more closer to God. I know I'm closer than I was two, three years ago. Amen. Two, three years ago, I was busy doing this and busy doing that and put off reading my word, put off praying in the spirit, you know, for an hour or so, whatever, or off and on all day long, you know what I'm saying, just to keep you in the spirit. And so, so it's that time, see, and it's because circumstances out there are not favorable to us. They're downright hostile. Amen. And so we have to understand that we have to go to the kingdom within that you cannot see without observation. And once you understand how to keep your heart merry and cheerful, number one, be careful what you think on. Think on things that are good, pure, lovely, good report, praiseworthy, thankworthy. And I'm not talking about just in your life. Amen. Sometimes life sucks, so to speak. But you can go to that place in God or get in your Bible. Look at how, how God would turn things around for Israel overnight. And look how, how they would, they would come back to God rejoicing and full of joy. Amen. And the enemy was routed. Praise God. Amen. 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 Ecclesiastes 9 verse 7. says go thy way eat thy bread with joy and drink your wine with a merry heart for god now accepts your works 
Amen. Let your garments always be white and let your head lack no ointment. Live joyfully with the wife whom you have loved all the days of your the life uh, of thy vanity, which he has given you under the sun all the days of thy vanity. So the the writer is a little double-minded here. He says, go ahead and enjoy it because it's in vain. <laughs> you know, this is the, the joyful part is the part that we need to focus on. Because joy is what keeps you interested in life. If you don't have joy, you're not going to be real interested in life. So he's saying, you've worked hard for what you earned. Go ahead and enjoy it. There's nothing wrong with it. Even though it's vain, it's not going to, you know, you're not going to get richer, wealthier, wiser, wiser, healthier. But it is the reward of your labor. So go ahead and enjoy it. Amen. Don't let it dominate your life. Amen. Uh, some people just overdo things. You, know, you see people going into debt for a vacation or, or you know, just got to have some things and, and don't care uh, what it might cost them in the natural. And you sacrifice your joy and enjoyment for something that you think is very important to you. So, you know, I, I tell people all the time, even the things that you enjoy doing, you need to be led by the Spirit. In doing them, because it's easy to overdo stuff. Amen. Think it's overly important, or overly uh, let it be overly, um, I guess, significant to you. So where you're just dying to do certain things, you know, do something else for a change. Go visit the poor. <laughs> you know, go go pass out tracks somewhere. Amen. Uh, you know, let your let your heart be able to feast on things that maybe would God would enjoy you doing. Amen. This, you know, just give some of that stuff over to the Lord and let him guide you and, and, and see how much richer your life can be. I don't know about you, but when I can pray for somebody, that makes me feel good. If I can give somebody, lead somebody to the Lord, I feel good. If I can tell somebody, ask them if, if they've ever made Jesus Christ their Savior, I feel good. Amen? You can do all of those things. I know uh <coughs> the... um young man that we were uh, shannon was waiting on him to to uh, fix the refrigerator here at the church and he he kept saying he said i want to do that because i was telling us look can we get somebody else you know i'm i'm like let's move on to the next thing we've been doing this long enough you know always but you know there's i mean i know how to trust god though you know i'm not standing over anybody browbeating them or anything i used to do it but I don't anymore. <laughs> I've been cured. But, um, you know, it just, we were kind of waiting and, and wanting it done. And he kept saying, I want to do this. I want to do it. And I said, well, I said, is it, cause it was a part that needed to be installed. I said, is there somebody, one of the guys at the church can, can do this or, well, well, no, no, no. He kept saying he wanted to. So when he got here, finally to get it done, he was looking, Shannon said he walked past the bookstore and looked. He said, oh, what is this, a little gift shop or something? And she said, well, that's that's our bookstore. And she said, you go in and look if you want to. And he was looking at all the books there. And he, um, she suggested to him, she said, if, he said, well, what are these books? And she was saying that, that Pastor Barr and Pastor Shirley write and written a lot of them. And so he landed on the one, you're loaded with benefits. And Shannon gave it to him. 
Amen. And so I, <laughs> I had told Pastor Shirley, well, I probably shouldn't tell y'all this. I said, I said, you know, he just wanted to bless us, but then when I called him, he told me what I owed him. So, <laughs> anywho, blessing still to come. No, but it blessed me that he followed through and got it. And you know, people work for a living. You understand what I'm saying? As normal. And so, um, but I had a chance to talk with him. See? And so I, I asked him, I said, have you ever asked Jesus into your heart? And he said, yeah, I have. I said, well, your next step is to find out what you got. When you asked him to come in, he brought you stuff when he came into your heart. And so we were able to talk about the benefits book. And he said, yeah, I read a couple of pages. I can't wait to get back home to read some more. And he's all excited about it. Do you understand what I'm saying? So there's reason for delay. There's reason for everything. And, you know, you can see how the enemy didn't want him to get here to get that. You got me? That's always true. You know, we don't mention it too much because we're used to it, but it's always working there. You understand what I'm saying? So it's more than get the refrigerator fixed, please. You know, it's more to it than that. And I thank God he's taught me better. Learning more every day, but he's taught me better, taught me just to trust him. And there's a godly reason for everything that goes on. Amen. So in James 1, we get a different perspective on joy, which is a good one, because this one will help you. This one will help you pull you out of trouble. It'll, you know, sometimes you, you when you hear the scripture, you think to yourself, ooh, I don't know if I could do that or not. Uh, James 1, verse 2, he says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse trials or temptations. Amen. Uh, let me look up that word. It's 3986. Bear with me one minute. I didn't have it written down. 3986. Praise the Lord. Amen. Okay, so this this word, a, a trial means a putting to proof. So God's proving. It means uh, experiment of good experience of evil, solicitation, discipline, or provocation, adversity, and temptation. So really, it's a, it's a test that comes to our life to test our faith. You need to know this. Number one, God is not really testing your faith. He knows what it'll do. The devil is to see what you're going to do, and you need to prove what you're going to do in the face of adversity. Are you going to cave? Are you going to go with the quitters? Or are you going to make your stand and keep your stand and ask God to strengthen you during your stand? Amen. And he says the reason you count it all joy is because you know this. So this is something you have to know. Amen. It is that the testing of your faith is working patience. Well, I don't want that. Well, yes, you do. You want it, but you don't know you want it. 
because you've been crying out for something from God and you didn't know what it was you needed. Amen. So it brought you to this place. He says that you may be perfect and entire, want lacking nothing. Ooh, I want to be in that place of abundance of all things. Well, that's how you get there. Amen. you got to prove that you're going to do what God tells you to do, even in the face of trouble that may cause other people to turn away or say, well, God understands. No, he doesn't. And that's not his job to understand our lack or our our fainting. Or it's, it's his job to pull us out. It's his job to encourage us to keep going. That's what he understands is how to get up and keep going. He doesn't understand just laying there and letting the devil walk all over you. And he says you'll be whole, perfect, entire, lacking nothing. After the trial is over, you'll come out lacking nothing. Amen? Come out as pure gold. And he says, if any of you lack wisdom, you, in, other, in other words, if you don't understand the trial or you don't understand how to get through it, you don't understand what God's doing, if he'll tell you, but you know, <laughs> you know you've been slack, you know you've been weak, you know what, you would, you know, you know how you got here, pretty much we all do. And he says, if you lack wisdom, ask God he gives you liberally and doesn't upbraid you, and it'll be given to you. But ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavers is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed. Don't let that man think he'll get anything from the Lord, because a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So God's telling you just to be of one mind. And I think sometimes trials come to get you into one mind. Because we bounce back and forth. One day we trust God, next day we don't want this anymore. Amen? Anybody been there? Amen. Sometimes we're going there again. Amen? Well, God, I want to serve you, but I don't want... That's double-minded. You either want to serve him or you don't. Amen? See, this is why they may make enchiladas for you double minded people because all the stuff you think you don't like you can't pick it out of there because it's all mushed up together you got me so they ain't got to the point now they fry it a little bit on top so you definitely bite through it but you can't pick through an enchilada and get what you want out and leave the rest amen so so this is why the trial comes. Because God didn't want you picking through what you want for him, what you don't want. Because he knows what's best for us. It's about trust. Even in difficult situations, do you trust him? Amen? Like Job, though he slay me. Amen? Yes, shall I trust him? Amen? But Job always believed God would bring him out. He made some of those statements for the benefit of people who thought they knew God better than he did. Amen. He said, I know my Redeemer lives, and in my flesh I shall see God. Amen. In my flesh. Not when I get to heaven. I know about that. I know I'm going to heaven. But in my flesh I'm going to see him pull me out of this. Restore to me everything that the devil stole and all of that. Amen. 
And so this is where you got to live. You know, we, he, he expects us to live in this type of place. But James said, going into the trial and in the trial, count it all joy. Everything, he said, all of it. Oh, the bad part, sure, count it all joy. You can laugh at that because it has no impact on you. Where the devil thought it would destroy you and thought it would discourage you, it's got no, it's got no impact on you. Amen. And so we, we can count it all joy because it can't touch us. It can't destroy us. It can't steal from us. Amen. And you have a merry heart working within you, which is a continual feast to draw from. Amen. It's like, ha ha, devil, you can't take this from me. I'm drawing from this merry heart of mine. I don't care what you're doing on the outside. I'm drawing from what's here on the inside. And you can't have that. Amen. Because I walk with God and it's a continual feast. Amen. And so <clears throat> when when we know God has accepted our works, we can enjoy life. When we have, uh, when we uh, fall into different trials, etc., then we also know that we can count it all joy then. In the trial, we can count it all joy. While it's going on, you can count it all joy. First Peter 1 Peter 1.8. Again, he's talking about trials and temptations. Verse 6, it says, Wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations. He said, if need be. This is not an excuse to have a pity party because you're going through. If you stay full of joy, you will go through, but lacking joy, you might get stuck there for a while. Amen. The best way to go through something is to go quickly. Amen. And joy tends to accelerate your deliverance because it lets you see it already. See, when you stay in the joy of the Lord, you see yourself coming out. You don't see yourself stuck there. You get to the place where you step out of joy, you may begin to doubt, oh, it's going to take a long time. You stall yourself out. Amen? And that's not necessarily true. And then joy keeps you in a frame of mind that is is similar to when you are delivered totally. You can live the life of 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 the end result while you're in the midst of it. The Hebrew boys were in the furnace, but somebody was in there with them, which meant that they weren't, weren't suffering when they came out. There was evidence. Whoever was in there protected them. Their clothes were not singed. The only thing that, that was changed was the chains that bound them to start off with. Amen. That's what you want the trial for is to break the chains, folks. It, that definitely brings your deliverance. They, they can't bother you anymore. It used to have a grip on me, but it don't grip me anymore. Amen. Amen. They, the, the king even himself had to bow to their God when he brought them out of there. So he couldn't put chains on them anymore because God broke them and he saw that. He saw the son of God. Amen. 
And so when when we go through these things, somebody's going to be able to see God in a way they didn't see him before. You, number one. Amen? And onlookers will begin to see that you serve a, a, a faithful God. A God who who can do miraculous things. Amen. A God who is is there to to meet every single need that you have, no matter what's going on in your life. Amen. You, the, the fact that you're you've got a sane household where everybody's healthy and in functioning is the mercy of God. See, the, the, there's there's evidence that somebody's been tried and come through. Amen. Successfully. Look at the fruit. Amen. And so you'll be able to look back and say, God, it was touch and go many times. Amen. It was touch and go for, for this one child of mine. You know, maybe somebody was, was sick or diagnosed with something that went on for a few years. Amen. But you brought us out. Amen. You brought us out. And that's reason to be joyful. Amen. In advance. In advance. So, uh, Peter here is saying to that even though heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold. Gold is something that's going to perish, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. So you're, he's saying that you're going to be tried and you're going to get to through these, maybe have some heaviness because of these trials. He said, but you're going to be found to be a, a person who brings praise and honor to God. And that should be important to all of us. You know, I mean, sometimes we just look at, well, you know, God, if God gets the glory. No, 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 no. He already has it. He don't get nothing. You got to make sure you stay in a place where you know what's going on. Amen. He says, whom having not seen you love, in whom though you you now see him, you now see him not, you believe in him. And you rejoice with joy unspeakable, full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. So so, uh, Peter is saying here, there's a joy that comes to us through trial. That is totally different from joy that you just rest in on a continual basis. There's a different level of joy that comes to you through a trial. Amen. If you ever get a chance to read some stories of some of the martyrs, people who were martyred throughout the ages for Christ. I forget which one of, which one of the martyrs this was. It was somebody during the Middle Ages and he was sentenced to be burned to death. They were burned at the stake a lot during those times. And uh, he had accepted his fate and he he knew that he would would uh, be burned and he was talking with a friend of his about it and his friend said, well, you're not afraid of, for this? And he said, no, I'm not. He said, would you do me a favor? And he said, when the, he said, sure. He said, when when the fire gets too hot for you, just could you signal to me that it is? And he had burned for many minutes and was his body was almost totally charred. And then a hand went up and he signaled to his friend and he was gone. You understand what I'm saying? So there's some levels of joy 
that we need for different things. If he could have a peace and a joy about him with that intense fire on him, certainly the things that we go through, we can count it all joy. Amen? Why don't we stop? Father, we thank you for what you're doing in us. We thank you, Lord, that this light affliction... It's a light affliction, Father. It's not worth being compared to the glory that's going to be revealed in us, Lord. We thank you that they are light afflictions, Father. They're not meant to devastate us. But we know that there are people, your children in the earth, that are suffering tremendously. And we just ask you, Lord, to pour out an abundance of your spirit, your overcoming spirit, and your great, great joy upon those who are are going through diverse temptations and trials, that they would receive from you, Father, the joy that comes with the overcoming power that's resident within them. Teach them how to pull from that reservoir, Father. Teach them how to live in your continual joy. And we bless you and we thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. So we'll do our declaration. I don't have Rona. And she don't have me. I can't get Rona. And she can't get me. I can't get monkey whoever. I can't figure it out. He can't get me. And I thank you, Lord, that by your stripes we are healed. Amen and amen and again. It is so decreed.